Hey everybody, it's time for another Rabbit's Ramblings. I'm here on campus in one of the quieter rooms, though it might be kind of noisy because there is a fan in the background, so hopefully that won't bug people and uh, make you crazy. This time I'm going to talk about something I started on my website a few years ago that I haven't done in, I guess, a year and a half. So I'm going to talk about the game watch, and I'll do my first game watch, and then talk a little bit about death in games. And um, that's all I had planned, so I don't know what after that. On with the show! Board games! I'm like, come on, for Hugo Gods! I said, come on, for Hugo Gods! Everybody to the limit! The cheat is to the limit! Everybody come on, for Hugo Gods! I said, come on, for Hugo Gods! I said, come on, for Hugo Gods! We put the bracket on down! Put the bracket on down! We put the bracket on down! Come on, one time! Oh! Pretty good job of breaking it down there, guys! Alright, I need y'all's help! Over the past year, I've been rambling at you about various games on my podcast. I have also talked a bit about different games I'm interested in or playing on my Facebook page. But before that, I pretty much just talked about games on my site or on forums that I was visiting. And so one of the things I thought I would do with that, this was probably, I would guess, maybe two and a half to three years ago I started doing this, is I started doing something that I call Game Watch. And the purpose of the Game Watch was to talk about games that I was interested in. I can't remember the word, but the point was to present them in a non-biased, non-opinionated way and say, you know, here's the game, here's who's developing it, here's who's producing it, here's when it's going to come out, here's why you should be interested, here's why it will be different, here's why it could succeed, here's why it could fail, and then put in my opinion and thoughts kind of at the end. And it was designed so that games that weren't getting quite as much attention as the other games weren't quite as well known, or maybe they were being done by a new developer, or maybe they were sort of a side project or something. Basically, the games that I thought would have a bigger impact on gaming as a whole than people might perceive right away, or you know, games that would be really cool and interesting to players, maybe things like you know, a game of a type that hasn't come out in a few years, you know, this is the first one, and so bring sort of extra attention to it. It was also designed to be timed in a way that it was close enough to launch people could pay attention, but far enough out that maybe there isn't any press or there's no marketing for it, but it's like right at the edge of when people normally would be paying attention to it. I had done a few game watches on my site at rabbit.com, and then, for some reason, I just kind of forgot about it entirely for the longest time. Probably a lot of it is because I did get into Facebooking, I did start doing my podcasting, so I was regularly talking about games, you know, in general, and ones that I was specifically interested in, that I thought others, you know, might enjoy that weren't getting enough press, like Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning lately, you know, that's by a new studio, not getting a lot of press, and so, um, well, there's a lot of press about it now, there's a lot of hype now that people are starting to focus on it. But back when it was being developed, there's not, you know, not a lot of press on it. But for some reason, probably, you know, just my sad life in general, I kind of forgot that I was doing that. And so there's probably a lot of opportunities I missed about, uh, you know, games that could come out that were important. So hopefully I didn't uh, miss anything too terrible. I, I don't think there was really anything game watch worthy 
that I can think of in recent times that I've missed, except for Kingdoms of Animal Reckoning, which I've talked about it in enough podcasts now. I think you guys have gotten a, you know, fairly non-biased report of it, as it were, as well as, you know, my opinions and thoughts about why it will be cool. So without further ado, there will be the new Game Watch music coming up, and then uh, the first ever Game Watch on my podcast. logical approach does have its advantages on occasion, Captain. I prefer to call it inspired, as you wish. So I just put this up on my website, so those of you who have read it will um, be very familiar with this section. However, I am going to add some different points here that may or may not be on the website, so it will be a little bit different. So the first ever Game Watch is about the secret world it is an action MMOG set in modern times, or, you know, close enough to it. It is being developed by Funcom. It is being distributed by EA Games. And it is coming out for both PC and Xbox 360, which is different because there aren't a lot of MMOGs out for consoles. So those of you who are looking for, you know, MMOG on console, this could be one that you, you might want to keep an eye on. The thing that shocked me the most about this was that it is due to release in April, which is just a few months from now. And there is still relatively no, you know, news or hype about the game. I've been following it since 2008, and, you know, not a lot of people know about it, and still a lot of people don't know about it, and it's, you know, due out in a few months, so due out in April. Um, but I kind of doubt that is still true, because there isn't really any hype about it, the e-tailers don't have a date for the game. They don't have box art. So, you know, what's up with that? What is The Secret World? As I said, it's a game set in modern times. And there are a few secret societies out there that know the truth that monsters are real. Players will pick one of three different main factions. And these factions work with, you know, other factions, as it were, NPC factions. And people can choose from, you know, modern day weaponry or magic. Why is it important? This is the first modern-day MMOG that I know of in terms of, you know, having magic and fantasy elements. There are other... There have been other modern-day online games, but not MMOGs. Secret World will blend tech in the form of modern weapons, magic, and fantasy elements, but they add a new twist. Like if you look around at screenshots, you can see a lot of them with earth elementals or golems. And they're made of concrete, and they have wrecking balls. And I think that's just a really awesome modern-day spin on what an Earth Elemental would look like. They've also recently introduced vampires. And vampires aren't your typical vampires in games. These vampires, um, the ones they showed have, like, really giant claws, and they're wearing trench coats, and they've got masks and hats and goggles. So they're out during the day, you know, ripping things up and doing their thing. Whereas, you know, most vampires, you know, hide out, and they... They don't go out during the day, but these vampires are right out there doing their thing. What will make the game design special? Funcom is introducing a new classless system 
no classes. You pick seven different active skills and seven passive skills, which is different from last podcast. I thought there was only three passive. And you pick them from a, a reported 500 total skills. Experience allows you to gain more skills in what they say as vertical progression, which is going deeper into a skill category because they, they have it sort of in a tiered way that they have this skill wheel thing that looks really cool. You kind of have to see it to, to really get the concept. But you pick a skill and then you sort of build into one category, like say one-handed swords. You can unlock one-handed sword at any time, as example. I don't know if it's true or not. But then in order to get more skills, you build sort of deeper into that tree. So it's kind of like a bunch of different trees, and you can pick any tree you want. There's also horizontal progression, which is picking more skills at you know the base level. So you're unlocking more different kinds of skills. So, so maybe let's say you started out with pistols and one-handed swords. You might want to also unlock you know, blood magic for healing, or you might want to also unlock assault rifles, or you might want to un unlock elemental magic. You know, you can unlock all these different kinds of skills instead of specializing down this one path. So in theory, as you gain more experience, you don't gain more levels because there aren't more levels, but you gain more skills in terms of you either have more flexibility in terms of your class build, you know, whatever it is you, you want to make into a class, or, you know, you can become more specialized. In order to prevent people's heads from exploding with all of these choices, they are introducing the idea of archetypes, which means one example they gave in a video was a monk. And so you would pick this archetype and it would highlight certain areas on their skill wheel that say the monk will typically do this, this, and this skill branches. So it, it points out sort of a, a template for you to pick if you want to do a certain kind of archetype. Why is it going to pwn? The fact that there are no levels and classes has the opportunity to introduce unprecedented level of freedom for players. Limiting skill choice instead of, you know, skills by classes will be a new element to MMOGs. Players like me who dislike a whack-a-mole style might feel right at home with more of a collectible card game style since we do have all of these skills, but we can only pick, you know, seven active and seven passive from a total 500 plus reported skills. Additionally, they are drawing on myth and lore that is familiar, yet put into a modern slash different setting, so there's going to be this different spin on tales that we already know. They are also introducing a real world element in the form of what they call investigation quests, which has you delving into, you know, real world aspects of people and places from the game that tie back into the game. Like maybe, let's say, you find a book and it's the Necronomicon and there's references to certain things. And so they might have a quest that, that influences you into going out and researching. You know, who wrote the Necronomicon? What's it about? And then you, you bring that knowledge back into the game to sort of complete a certain puzzle or challenge. Why could it fail? I have broken into two parts for this one. The first part is game design aspects. Since the game is being designed for non-leveled play, even though it will likely be tiered, it may turn out feeling flat and short on content. Additionally, players may feel overwhelmed or confused at the lack of classes, or simply follow a flavor of the month build. As I mentioned, Funcom is introducing archetypes, which will give players skill templates to help alleviate this, 
but players may or may not ignore this feature. The real-world tie-ins may feel too much like homework and be ignored by the player base, and people might just skip it. Why could it fail on the behalf of the developer? Funcom doesn't have the greatest history lately. Age of Conan was really hyped as an adult MMOG by Funcom, but after launch, it rapidly lost elements that made it adult. For years, Age of Conan was shown with nudity and gore and all the marketing and press revolved pretty much right around this fact because that was a really big deal. Within months of launch, nudity was almost completely removed and much of the gore was toned down. In fact, some of the elements were removed during the last few months of beta right before launch. I remember being in one of the late phase tests and somebody was really thrilled about how their pet looked because it looked like something right out of the comics and the books described. But during that beta, it changed and, you know, she got covered up as it were. Additionally, Funcom did not listen to beta testers, and it was released with extremely little content and very repetitive gameplay. Players were grinding rapidly, and what was supposed to be a revolutionary combat design felt kind of flat and uninteresting to players. Anarchy Online, the game before Age of Conan, met with similar complaints from the player base starting with patch 12.4, which, if I recall correctly, was within the first four months of launch. I could be wrong about the number, I always remember it being the disaster of 12.4 as I called it, but um, I could be wrong on that number. But what this patch did was that it greatly slowed down the experience gain rate to roughly 25% of the speed that it was before, so all of a sudden they're like, hey we're patching the game, and you're leveling a lot slower than you were. But more importantly, it introduced bugs, that I guess they didn't fully test the patch, and 99% of all the monsters in the entire game were completely invulnerable to damage. This includes training zone monsters. You would enter a zone, and you would see literally hundreds of corpses around because players would die and there would be no way to get back to their body to loot the body. And guards, who could be up to level 100, which is, you know, past the player level, players could only hit level 50, You'd even see lots and lots of guard bodies because they were getting wiped out just as quickly as players. Not only was the game not rolled back, but the gaming community was told they would have to wait until after Funcom's four-day national holiday weekend was over. This patch came out right before the start of that weekend. So basically, they said, here's this patch, have fun, we're going on holiday, and it broke everything horribly. If I recall, it wasn't until something like you know, half a week or a week after that vacation time was over, that it was finally repatched. Though the experience rate did stay really slow, and they said, this is how it's going to work from now on, take it or leave it. So I know I kind of broke my promise here in the podcast, and uh, put in a little bit more opinion and thought than I was supposed to, so sorry for that, but here is the rest of my opinion and thought on The Secret World. I've been following it since the announcement, my form account dates all the way back to 2008, which is, you know, four years ago now. I am still very excited to see a modern-day MMOG that looks like it, it will do everything right that Hellgate London did wrong. The engine running The Secret World is a variant of what they created for Age of Conan, and the visuals it can generate, even today, are simply amazing. The concept of the skill wheel and having the ability to swap in, you know, certain skills, active and passive, and limiting it to a small number sounds like a really awesome idea, and I think I would be really happy with that. 
It's a great relief to me to see one of the games coming out that will do a style that is different than the whack-a-mole style that MMOGs have so often turned to. I do have great hesitation, though, due to Funcom's recent history with Age of Conan, as well as their lack of customer support over the past 11-plus years. With Age of Conan, one of the big complaints was people were hitting max level within a matter of real-world days. So even in beta, I was in beta for a weekend test, and people were already maxing out the content that they had given them to beta. If I recall, they only let people play from level 1 to 20, but people were hitting level 20 in, you know, half a day or less. The Secret World could be a game that would make me really happy in MMOG space. It is an action game, so that sounds cool and fun. It does limit skill choice. People have heard me complain about that lately, so that's really exciting to me. But my question is, will it have enough content? Will I still feel unique enough, and yet still have that feeling of being helpful and useful to a group, since, you know, it's designed that anybody could pick any skills at any level? I have a, a great fear that it might feel flat and uninteresting because basically everybody is the same level. They did mention that powers scale up to the, the level of the items that you are wearing. So that does imply that there is tiered sort of aspects to loot. So I expect, you know, there's sort of a not leveled way of having levels. So, you know, I expect that a, a noob who's, you know, quote unquote level one, would not be able to run into a top-tier dungeon and survive. You know, they'd probably get squished. So there probably is that aspect. But will it feel like I'm progressing? Will it feel like I'm getting better? I don't know. That, that remains to be seen. It is a very different design. So that will be very, very different for me and probably most of the rest of it. So that is it for my first game watch. The Secret World comes out supposedly in April. I still question if that's a real date because... They have kicked up marketing and hype quite a bit lately, but they're, you know, it doesn't appear on e-tailer sites at all. And it's like most of the review sites are still not following it hardly at all. So, I don't know. There, there seems to be too much silence about it in, in terms of marketing. But I guess we'll see. Might be something to keep your eyes on if you don't like the standard MMOG format and are looking for something different. From this bit on, I'm recording somewhere else, and I'm talking a bit more quietly than I normally talk, and there's a lot of background noise that the microphone might be picking up, so I apologize for that. But I got some replies to the Terra Bad sounding podcast that said, People didn't really mind, you know, it was okay for them, so I'll just try and uh, relax about it, and, um, you know, the content is there this time, so I'm happy about it. The last thing I wanted to talk about was dying in games. In single-player games, you pretty much die, and then, you know, you have to restart the game, and that's how you die. Sometimes you're rewarded with a cool cutscene of how you die, and that's always fun to see, as long as it isn't repeated too often. Sometimes on boss fights you can get killed over and over and over and it can get really annoying really quickly. And some games have a mechanic where you can respawn, like with Borderlands when you die, you respawn and they take out some money from your account. Thinking back though, I'm kind of curious what would happen if you didn't have that money because I always made sure to have some money just in case I did die. So I never actually died without having the money in the account to uh, take out as a death penalty. 
But what made me think that I wanted to talk about dying for a little bit is one of the reasons why I quit Star Wars The Old Republic was the death system. In most MMOGs, when you die, you turn into a ghost and you have to walk back to your body and there's sort of a, a little bit of penalty of time. Some complain this is too harsh, some complain this is too light. I don't know, it, it really depends on the game. For me, I'm usually okay with being a ghost and having to run a certain distance. If I have to run too far, it does get annoying. If it happens too often, it gets annoying. But you know, that, that does encourage you to work better as a group with the people you're with. Star Wars is a bit of a mixed bag in that it is very solo friendly and, uh, you know, duo friendly. So if you die, you really don't want a harsh penalty. And when I was leveling up my characters, dying and being able to respawn right where I was was pretty cool. There was no waiting for the first death, and then the second death you had to wait a little bit, and then, you know, it gets longer each time, so there is some kind of penalty. But as I mentioned in my very first review of the beta weekend I tested, there is a very not-epic feeling about it. I mean, you're not supposed to feel epic when you die, but it's very different when you don't feel like an actual person. Because what happens is that, you know, you fight a bunch of guys, you die, you've killed half of them, and then you just respawn yourself. It's not a big deal. This became more and more problematic as I leveled up because I would fight bosses. They would be like, Aha, you will never prevail. Me and my friends will kill you. And I'm like, Aha, you can go ahead and try. Oh yeah? Fight. And then we would fight. And I would kill some of his bad guys and, you know, not kill him, and then he would kill me. And it's like, oops, you won. You were right, you did defeat me. But he didn't really defeat me because I just get back up again, I recover, I rebuff, I start the fight over, but the guys I killed on his side are still dead. One of the bosses I fought, you know, in the past week or so, he had like three guards, and I killed his three guards, but he killed me, and then I've tried to fight him again, and he killed me again, and then I tried to fight him again, and he killed me a third time, and then on the fourth try, I, I summoned up a different companion, and we, we still just barely beat him. But that doesn't feel epic at all. I mean, you know, if they're going to beat me, they should beat me, and that should be the end of it. I shouldn't get a second, third, and fourth chance. Now, on the one hand, it is an MMOG. There is no difficulty setting as there would be in a single-player game. You know, the best you can do is leave and level up and come back. So I'm kind of on the fence about it. You know, on, on the one hand, it's a good thing. On the other hand, it's a bad thing. I do agree that there should be some kind of penalty or motivation to not die. And I don't quite know the solution right now. And I realize because of the state of, you know, just AI and computing in general, there are a lot of limitations to what can be done. So, you know, it's a really tricky balance. But it is one thing that does kind of bug me. You know, single-player games have different methods of handling it, and they all seem pretty good. But MMOGs seem to be a bit behind. So, I don't know, it's kind of weird. I do sort of fear death in single-player games. I try and avoid it as much as I can. But in MMOGs, you know, people run away. They're like, oh, my God, we're going to die. Run, why are you just standing there? And it's like, well, I'm standing here because, you know, if I die, then it's not a big deal. We just get back up again. And also, too, you know, if I typically play the tank-type characters. You know, if I stand there, that gives everybody else a chance to run away. So there's that, too. So death to me in MMOs always seem strange, I guess would be the best way to say it.
The word for the podcast is objective. To speak without bias or opinion. So that's it for this Rabbit's Ramblings podcast. Ta-da! As I mentioned earlier, you can find the Secret World Game Watch write-up at my site. It's a slightly less opinionated version, as the Game Watch should be. If you haven't been to my site in a while, I do have the Generation 17 system recommendations up. Those are all ready to go for February. There's some kind of hard drive part shortage going on right now, so, so that really spiked the price on the lower-end hard drives. So I think the mid-range got a, a solid-state drive, and then the, the slightly above mid-range got a bigger one instead of having a regular drive. And there's a note on there saying that the prices are spiked because of a part shortage. And so, you know, people might want to wait or, you know, there's the lower end price of what it should be in the, the sale columns so people know what it is supposed to normally cost. So there's that. Next time, I expect most of the podcast will probably be about Reckoning since that will be out uh, between this podcast and the next podcast. So watch for it. As I mentioned in the last podcast, there is a demo out for PC, 360, PS3, and on Steam. So uh, you can pick it up wherever is your favorite. And check it out. And I guess that's it. Uh, hopefully the bad slash different sound of this podcast didn't make everybody crazy. I guess it makes me crazier than everybody else. So hopefully it will turn out okay. And, and people say that they still have a good time with it and they are still entertained. And uh, that's the, the most important thing. So I guess that's it. And uh, I'll hopefully see everybody next time. Okay, thanks. Bye. It's getting kind of hard to believe things are going to get better. I've been drowning too long to believe that the tide's going to turn. And I've been living too hard to believe things are going to get easier now. I'm still trying to shake off the pain from the lessons I've learned. Basically, the games that I thought would have an impact on the players, you would what you would hmm. individuals. Secret song. I love you all night long. I can't stand to see you go. Which song? I love you so. Wait. Good enough. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbits ramblings dot html if you would like to send me an email you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com if you friend me you can also post on facebook at rabbit dot com you can follow me on twitter and youtube at rabbit dot com it's rabbit dot com but with not a period when you type rabbits ramblings don't use the space and be sure to put the number 1 in place of I whenever you type rabbit. 
Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2012 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.